0: We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor.
1: And I'm Zachary Guillo.
0: We are Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas and Georgia.
1: Yeah, you, got, you gotta you got bring in the Georgia love.
0: Gotta bring in the Georgia love. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have... Me. Smoke it if you've
1: got it. <laughs> I had to throw in the little indubitably. There. I don't know why, but for some reason, I have just been saying that all week. And just instead of indubitably, cuz that's my favorite line from The Office. But um it yeah, indubitably. <sighs> you could just go forever. That's where got I got it from. Can- you rubbed it off mm-hmm. on me.
0: I just caught myself saying indubitably right before you called me, bro. And I was like, "Who's who's been saying that?" It's Zach. Indubitably.
1: Indub- it's Indubitably me. <laughs> 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 it was terrible. Alrighty. Dude, I'm excited for what we're talking about today.
0: Hell yeah, dude. We've got a really exciting game to talk about, and that is Resident Evil Village, uh, or as some may call it, Resident Evil 8. It is the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing.
1: Either way, it's a hell of a game.
0: Yep. The sequel to Resident Evil 7. And it just came out, like, last week, and we're recording a spoiler the review on it. So, rest assured, if you haven't played the game, it's okay. That's where we're here to talk about, just first impressions. And, uh, I mean, let's just get right into it, man.
1: What did you think? Dude, okay. So, first impressions, because I haven't beaten it yet. I have not beaten it yet. I have been, you guys know me, I'm a strict COD gamer. That's, that's how it goes. But, um, I love it. Okay, Resident Evil is a really, really amazing series. And I didn't get into it until uh, Biohazard came out. But Biohazard was such an ingenious and creative game that was horrifying. Especially the first time you go through it. Man, good lord. That whole family is terrifying. Especially the scene where they're just eating body parts around the table. And he like forces you to eat. And when you don't want to, he like stabs your mouth. And it's just... it's It's just intense. It's intensity and it's... It's awe and intensity. That's the best way I can describe it. From the first moment I launched both titles, especially Resident Evil Village, like Resident Evil Village is probably in my top five story games of all time so far. I'm loving it so much. Castle Dimitrusk is just. If I said that right, did I say that right? Is it Castle Dometrisk?
0: You know, it's French, so I'm not really Dimitrescu. clear. But when, when when I hear someone who is speaking it correctly pronounce it, it kind of sounds like Dometresque. But like, if you're just saying it the American way, you can say Dometresque.
1: Yeah, Dometresque, or Dimitriscu, as Markiplier so beautifully puts <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I don't have a, a lot of experience with the Resident Evil franchise yet. I also started with... Uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, and I was floored away. I mean, this was the, basically the first Resident Evil game I really dove into. I mean, I played a little bit of Resident Evil 4 to kind of try it out. Wasn't really too big into it because the whole control system is just really difficult to even really learn. But Resident Evil 7 gripped me right away because it's got all the smoothness of a modern game and it also just completely excels at building atmosphere. And Resident Evil Village just completely follows suit. Uh, it's very oh similar. God. You're going to hear us talk about both because it, it is the direct sequel to Biohazard.
1: Yeah, I mean, the main the main character's the same. I mean, you got Ethan Winters, back and better than ever, man. Yeah. Well, for a brief time. <laughs> and,
0: and the general feel of the game is the same. They kind of wanted to move away from action, and they wanted to focus more on... The, you know, uh, on survival horror, going back to its roots and, and reimagining the series um, for the first time in first person, which really just immerses you into the environment. It makes you genuinely terrified to go on because there's something stalking you always, whether it's the Bakers or Lady Dimitrescu or some fucking fetus shit. And I'm not going to get more into it than that.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, dude.
0: And big titty goth ladies. Yes. Tall vampire lady. (laughs) I I am terrified and turned on at the same time whenever she comes around.
1: Dude, when she is like slowly approaching you, you want to just stand there and watch her and say, hi, yes. Yeah. um,
0: Like, let me motivate.
1: Oh my God.
0: But if she kills you, Gone. she decapitates you. So, And, and it, it is genuinely terrifying. I mean, I remember just walking around Castle Dimitrescu, and at any moment, it seems she could pop out at you, and she'll chase you. And there's only so many spaces that are safe from her. I mean, she'll chase you across the castle. And and she doesn't move particularly fast. Uh, again, it's very similar to the way the Bakers kind of stalk you in the previous game, or a lot of people have compared it to Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, I believe, in, the, in its remake. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah. And and so she's just kind of this presence that's always there and, and, and stalking you throughout your time. Well, at least during the Castle Dimitrescu part, which... Uh, honestly, actually isn't as big of the game as we would have been led to believe. I will say that much. I mean, Lady Dimitrescu was hyped up by the internet, and it turns out she just occupies one space of the game. But I will say the Castle Dimitrescu section does feel like the most fleshed out part of the story. I really feel like it's where the most attention was put into the game itself, and it really shows. I mean, just the level of detail in the castle uh how ornate it is and it looks incredible
1: oh my god dude every corner of that castle is just well except for the one and <laughs> those are like the vampire birds on the top they i i guess for some reason they just didn't do a very good job of you know keeping it compatible with how the rest of the game is flowing okay and there's just you know when you're on the gosh, rooftops what is, what, yeah, which which mask is up there? Is it the mask of um, It's not the mask of pleasure. It's not no, the mask of uh, It's
0: mask of sorrow maybe?
1: Mask of sorrow. That 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 yeah. that feels correct.
0: Yeah, cuz joy and pleasure and um the other one are 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 down on the floor.
1: Yeah. Oh dude, all the masks are so like I love just how extensive they make the journeys for the mask and then like one of the masks you find very quickly and it's just like oh okay cool this is here and i think that was the mask of sorrow yeah that you find super quick
0: yeah it's it's like right there on the rooftops and you and you head up there and it's just there and then and then you sort of zip line down um and that's really kind of the whole the major uh Progression of it, because you're facing, you're fa- you're collecting the mask. You're facing Lady D, and you're facing her daughters, uh, Cassandra, Bella, and Daniela. So there's a point in the game where <laughs> they can actually gang up on you, and you can get you can get caught
1: by the duo. Oh yeah, but if you're smart, you'll take them out one at a time. And we're not going to tell you how.
0: We're not going to tell you how. But
1: yeah, that's a because it's hard, and I couldn't figure it out at first. But then I thought back to something that happens in the game, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, cool. I can do this."
0: Yeah, and 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 part of what makes them and and Lady Dimitrescu so terrifying is that there's almost nothing you can do when they attack you, especially Lady D. I mean, she is invulnerable. She will shrug off all weaponry like it's nothing. There's no slowing her down. There is no stunning her. She is just constantly moving towards you. And, and the game gives you enough time to get away from her. But it's just, it, it does make the experience legitimately scary. Like, I, I was waiting for her to pop out and see me. And, and then the music starts playing, and it could be her, or it could just be an enemy. You're not sure, but you hear the creepy music come on, and you're like, shit, let me crawl back into my hole.
1: <laughs> yep, dude, it's you have to move around the castle very quickly very quickly there is there is one place where you can like purchase items and stuff and but she won't follow you in there so there's several places like that but I'm not going to talk about that cuz you guys need to figure it out have fun
0: yeah, I guess, I guess we won't say too much about it, but, I mean, the the merchant in this game is a very, very fun and interesting new character. Um, Absolutely. I, I enjoy him quite a bit. So, we, uh, in fact, there's a lot of really, really, really interesting characters in here. I mean, Lady Dimitrescu, as it stands, is just uh, th- is a very compelling character because, I mean, she's the villain, but there's also all of this lore surrounding her, and she's not the only one. She's one of four major characters in the game who are going to be your basic targets targets underneath an overarching antagonist. And I don't want to say
1: more about who those are, but go ahead. Oh, I was going to give like a tiny little snippet. Yeah, go for it. Just a tiny little snippet. I will tell you, if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, you will love the characters that you're going to meet. Primarily the antagonists, but still, you're (laughs) going to absolutely love them. And I think, Ash, you'll know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking <clears throat> Sorry, about. Sorry, clear my throat. <laughs> yep.
0: So I beat the game, um, and especially late in the game, there are a lot of really cool cinematic moments, boss fights that are just awe-inspiring. And on top of that, um, the, just right, I think, at the end, they just slap revelation after revelation after revelation on you. And it is crazy. And it all sort of adds together and it makes sense and it ties loose ends together, uh, even picking up p- the pieces that Resident Evil 7 left
1: behind. Oh yeah, that dude. Ooh, bro, I cannot wait to get to the end of this game, man. Resident Evil 7 is one of my... Favorite games of all time. That game is just amazing, and I didn't really play Resident Evil before Biohazard came out. But I love first-person horror games. There's just something about the first-person element that just deepens the immersion, and you just get sucked in, and it's it's horrifying, but at the same time, you don't want to look away.
0: Yeah, like a uh, PT, right? You know,
1: that's, that's a game. Oh my god,
0: that's what drove you know, kind of made me finally get into survival horror games because, uh, or horror games in general. Because, I mean, just having this experience and and being able to put yourself in the character's shoes and having to push yourself forward, I mean, you just have this intimate relationship with the game. And Resident Resident Evil 8 embodies that. Uh, Was the whole game scary? Not as much. But there are definitely some some spooky parts. Um, in particular, one of my favorite parts in the game is actually the second area that you go to after House Dimitrescu. Um, and I really enjoy it without getting into it too much. But I really enjoyed it because it's a section of the game that doesn't actually feature any combat. It's all puzzle based and exploration based. And it actually fully hones in. Um, for a section of the game, you actually don't have your weapons. I will tell you that much. And so it really deepens the experience, and, and you know, fully immerses you, and you legitimately don't know what to look forward to, and shit is just tripping out. You are tripping balls, man.
1: Absolutely, dude. Oh my god, I, bro, I'm I'm gonna hop back on it after we finish recording, dude. I'm I'm getting excited just talking about this, man. This game is so good. Gosh. Yeah, and- bro. I will say, compared to Resident Evil 7, the combat in Resident Evil 8 feels a lot smoother. Like, they took a lot of the same mechanics that you could do as Ethan in Resident Evil 7, and you do the same thing in Resident Evil 8. It's like they smoothed it out, though. They increased yeah. the fluidity of all everything that Ethan does. Every The combat is a lot more, I guess, realistic in the fact that you have to block or you're done after, like, two hits. Because your body can't take that kind of damage. But there, I mean... Let's be honest, I, Ethan is still a bit of a superhuman. Every video game protagonist is a superhuman to be able to take shots and then just heal and keep going. But I have a yeah, theory about that, which you, we okay. won't get into.
0: Yeah. You'll, I will say that it's addressed. Um, and, and I think that was one of the things with Biohazard that maybe wasn't as clear was, you know, this seems a little unrealistic. How is he taking this? much damage you know how is he just tanking this and and surviving and um i I think this game answers a lot of those questions but ultimately i agree with you the the combat is a lot better handled in this game it just feels like everything is improved um it felt responsive and i was playing this on ps4 so this isn't even the really definitive edition of the game i i'm willing to bet that the game runs a lot more smoothly on the next generation uh the load times are pretty hefty in in the um on the PS4 at least but i want to say that it's done for a reason because they don't want you to experience any interruptions during the parts that matter so they just pre-preload exactly. everything before the stage um mm-hmm. yeah so like Resident Evil 7 it's very linear um you are going to go from one place to another and just so you aren't you know in just so you're not surprised by this and, and and it doesn't ruin your experience um there are areas that you won't be able to come back to I rec I recommend that before you finish up castle Dimitrescu, you do if, if you're a completionist you do everything that there is to do there because you won't be coming back um, once you complete the overall objective
1: yeah I'll try to find I think there's one daughter left and then I'll have to deal with Lady Dimitrescu. Um, so I'll have plenty of time to look around and try to gather everything I can. And I'm also trying to find enough lay to purchase most of the stuff in the store so that I can just be completely decked out for when I do get to that section where I get my weapons back. It's worth I'm it. To use those. It's yeah, worth absolutely. it. I mean, it's always worth it to fully... I mean, one, game developers take their, st- their time creating masterpieces such as this. And it... It's, it's kind of an insult to them if you don't take the time and explore. Because if you've got the nuts to just get on your computer or console, whatever you're playing this on, and explore this world, explore it. Find everything you can. Get good enough to be able to defend yourself if you have to and get away. But explore. Because Castle Dimitrescu is probably one of the most detailed and beautiful settings in in a, in a video game today. And that's me being a massive fan of Breath of the Wild. There I go. I incorporated it again. I told you I'd do that. But <laughs> Resident Evil's Resident Evil's atmosphere is not only chilling and terrifying, but it's just beautifully done. And you can't really get much better than that when the when the developers take the time to develop something as wonderful as this because I mean Resident Evil 7 came out 4 years ago. It took yeah. them 4 years, maybe more. They may have already started working on this before they released uh, Biohazard. It takes them a long time to get this down pat and it takes us like maybe a week or two to beat the game. Yeah. Take the time to explore.
0: It's a good 10 hours or so of gameplay time from start to finish. Um and that's even accounting for some exploration and and doing side quests and and leveling up yourself up, which like I said is worth it. You you spend the time to explore the environment and spend your in-game currency, you're actually going to be rewarded, and the game is going to be easier to get through for you, uh, especially late in the game when resource management becomes more important. And you, oh, you, yeah, yeah. Castle Dimitrescu yeah. actually loads you with with a lot of resources. You never really run out there. I didn't foresee that being a problem later in the game. I did start, so that resource management actually starts in the beginning. Um, start conserving and start saving up for. I will say inventory management in this game I enjoy a lot more than in Biohazard, um, and and it's in a it's the very traditional uh, Resident Evil formula. It, it is similar to Resident Evil 4, I've had, heard a lot of people say, but I, I do see it, you know, the inventory management system as being basically that of 7, except all of your craftables and all of your key items and treasures actually don't count towards your inventory space, uh, which is a breath of fresh air, because now, yes, you do have to manage your inventory, and you have to be careful not to overload it or, you know, you won't have room to have all of the items and, and weapons that you need, but at the same time, you don't have to worry about not being able to pick up an item for key progression or picking up things that will enable you to progress forward, like health and um, and, and ammo. Uh, the resources that you use to craft those uh, actually don't count towards your inventory space, which is nice because this game does not have a storage chest, unlike its predecessor. Um, everything that's in the inventory, uh, you either have to sell or drop if you don't have space. Uh, thankfully, they let you rotate, they let you really just Tetris it out, and it's there's a there's an element of strategy that's involved in that. And you can also upgrade your inventory, so if you're buying the inventory upgrades as soon as they become available, you shouldn't have a problem. But it was cool to have that always be a concern, but never a, an obstacle to towards progression, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think item management in any game that you're playing is important. You know, I mean, especially, like, it's it's baby stuff when you're talking about Zelda. Every Zelda game that's come out, except for Breath of the Wild, you don't really have to worry about item management. You can usually get health easily or ammo because enemies will drop it. But in Breath of the Wild, that's when the series introduced uh, massive, you know, conservation techniques. Like, you had to be wary of how many arrows you had and the different types, like um, fire arrows, ice arrows. um Bomb arrows especially. So when when they added when they took away the supply chest in Resident Evil eight, I was kinda disappointed. But at the same time I liked how that stuff didn't well not that stuff, sorry. Like stuff to craft doesn't count towards your inventory space. Yeah. Uh Resident Evil seven did an okay job of it, but this is you're you're right. I couldn't have said it any better myself, a breath of fresh air. You know, it's it's just easier. When you have a better way to manage your inventory and stuff, and they kind of balanced it out by taking away the supply chest, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I, I thought it was it was it was a good balance, equivalent exchange going on there, uh, and there's a lot more strategy that's implemented in this game. I mean, even in the village, you've got sections of the game where you can barricade yourself inside of a house, and uh and and have a wave of enemies come at you, and sometimes that's critical to surviving.
1: Well, I mean, absolutely. Yeah,
0: those are cool sections of the game. I love the ability to to barricade yourself in and and just kind of stake out. And I I think it added a lot of depth to the gameplay and and that there is more freedom and more ways that you can go about uh, situations.
1: And It also... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. It also kind of instills that uh reassurance in the player that the antagonist that they are going up against is not all powerful you know you can actually barricade them you can actually hurt them it just i won't say anything more than that but they're not invincible you can take them down and as ethan winters you find creative and kind of awesome ways of taking out your opponents and that's one of my favorite things about Resident Evil is the combat, you know, being able to, it's not like Outlast where you couldn't fight at all. You had to run and you just had to figure things out without being able to fight. Ethan, Ethan kicks ass, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Ethan Winters. He's probably one of my favorite protagonists in video game. Like, I I love him. The, who who's the voice actor that plays Ethan Winters?
0: That's a good question. I'm gonna have to look it up.
1: But I'm, I'm gonna look it up. No, my phone's on the bed. I'm not gonna get up and go.
0: <laughs> now, Ethan Winters is actually uh actually a more fleshed out character here. And Resident Evil Seven, I remember. I mean, kind of the point of making putting it in first person and not having him speak a lot was so that the player could embody themselves. But, you know, he does have a life. He does have a daughter. You know, he does have a wife in this game. So, uh, and there, you know, he's got Mia in the first game as well. So you have some aspects of his personality and I like how Resident Evil 8 really delves a little bit more into that and um, flushes him out as a character and, um, yeah, it gives them a little bit more personality.
1: And you can tell by the way that Resident Evil 7 plays that they're not just setting up for a one-and-done title. They were setting up for this game, and this game executes it beautifully. Abs- Dude, the beginning of the game blew my mind. The opening cutscene yes, threw me for a loop, and I was like, this is going to be an amazing game.
0: You're like, shit, what? The betrayal, yep. the the just, ah. Uh. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, it's Todd Solly that's the voice the english voice of of ethan Oh cool. Yeah. I, I love um a lot of the voice work that's done in this game. The performances um are really 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 um incredible. Uh the duke, lady Dimitrescu, and um and and uh Heisenberg. <laughs> well,
1: that's it guys. He Yep, he did it. Oh, that's I o- gave you the hint th- earlier. That's earlier okay. In the
0: it's just the name of a character. Oh, I know. I'm not going to say anything about it. I
1: know. I was just I know, I was just connecting the dots from what I said earlier to what you just said. I know. I was like, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, <laughs> say my name.
0: My name. But yeah, no, name.
1: that's that's one thing that I really, God, I love this game. It's so good. But the voice acting is spot on, dude. It's like you're watching a well done movie. Not, not like a Michael Bay film or something like that. I'm talking about, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm talking about something like Christopher Nolan, you know. Yeah, or something something good, you know, not Transformers. Something like Tenet, where the actors actually care about the job that they're doing. Shots fired, child, buff, just do it. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I love you. It's
0: kind of like a Nolan film, you know. Um, it it, it is very a terrifying. Nolan film. Yeah, it 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 is very cinematic. Quite a bit more cinematic, I think, than before, and. Uh, there is actually uh, a little heavier emphasis on combat and yet there are segments of the game that are not focused on that at all. So it balances itself out. Um, but I definitely think there are a few more combat heavy sections, especially toward the end of the game. Um, it really starts to kind of deal these waves of enemies and you really have to strategize and plan. It's it's all done very smartly. And, and then the sections of the game that are not combat focused are just as intense somehow, uh, just exploring and just, atmosphere that's what blew me away is this game knows how to build atmosphere absolutely and i love you know the fog when you're when you're going about the village and some of the locations like castle dimitresc which is easy to get lost in
1: yep and dude honestly let's be let's be real here when you first walk up and you see castle dimitresc my, my jaw dropped i was like this place is massive yeah. It is insane. And it was just beautiful. I mean, of course it's eerie and foggy and snowy, but still this place is it, it reminded me like of a fallen Disney castle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's and it's huge. And there and, and you really scour every inch of it. You uh there's several levels, it's a huge environment to explore. But at the same time implement a sense of claustrophobia because you're stuck in there with someone who will kill you if she gets close to you. (laughs) The few someones. Absolutely. Who could come at it any moment. Did you play the Resident Evil demo that came out, the Maiden demo, or did you see any of that? No, actually. It's like the Resident Evil 7, uh, was it Beginning Hour? It's like the Resident Evil 7 demo where it's a section of the game's map but it's another character's story that takes place before the main story, so it's in you know parts of Castle de and you are playing a maiden, and and I really like how the demo actually just portrayed the absolute uh, invulnerability of these characters, uh, very similar to yep. to where uh, to when Ethan first comes in, because I mean the second you come into the castle. Um, and you start exploring not too long after that, you get caught and you get strung up and you are suddenly aware that there are four women who are out for your blood and could come around the corner at any time. Mm-hmm.
1: Dude, that, that oh, dude, that's what I'm saying. The cinematography in this game is just crazy because when that cutscene happens, it's just, it's like Lord of the Flies, bro. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I hope you caught that reference, Ash.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Okay, um, good. <laughs> thank you. That's bad. Um. <laughs> what was I going to say? I had something in mind, and I forgot it.
1: Probably something to do with the game.
0: Something to do with Resident Evil 8. Anyway. Wait, that's what we're talking about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I
1: thought we were talking about getting over it with Bit of Foddy.
0: <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind talking about that either.
1: Hey, that's a good game, dude. I'm on my twentieth run, trying to beat it, get that golden pot. All right, this is not okay. Resident <laughs> Evil.
0: Any any weapons that you're partial to in this game?
1: Ah, uh, hmm. Let's see. I really like the the twelve gauge. Yeah. Twelve gauge is. I don't know the names of the weapons. I didn't memorize them. I just use them. Um, knife. I use the knife a lot, especially on like the grunts, the grunt zombies the undead, whatever those things are. Yeah. But I kill those with the knife unless they're just a lot of them, and then I'll just hit them with a shotgun blast, maybe a couple pistol shots. But I try to aim for the head. But um, there's there's a pistol on the game that resembles, I don't know if you how much Black Ops 1 you played, but if you're like me, you probably played a lot because that game was lit. But there was a pistol on there called the CZ-75 or c 275 75 or whatever it was called, I don't remember. But there's a pistol on Resident Evil 8 that resembles that gun, and it's like a three-shot kill to the head on most of those smaller creatures. Yeah. That is my favorite weapon in the game. Either that or the sniper rifle, or the long rifle that you get. Uh, It's like right before actually the first time you go up on the roof.
0: Yeah, the sniper rifle, and I'm usually a sniper rifle and shotgun kind of guy. Um, I was definitely a shoddy guy in this game. That was yep. You have to be pretty much my go-to weapon. That was in my hands. If I had ammo for it, I was shooting shells out at everything because you could you could put an enemy on its feet. And as far as resource management goes, I mean, what what a, a gun can do in three to five shots, a shotgun can do in
1: one in or two. two. <laughs> one or two. You have to, you have to hit them in the face if you're going to kill them with the shotgun in one hit. Otherwise, they're just going to fall down on the ground and then slowly get back up.
0: And that's generally what I did. I actually focused my upgrades on the weapons that uh, that, uh, that I use the most. And so I, I tried to really... And that's what's good about this game, because if you're not going for completion you're not going to get every upgrade that's available for every weapon. And, hey, that's what second playthroughs are for. That's what New Game Plus is for. Again, mm-hmm. this is a game that has a huge replayability value, like a Resident Evil game should. You'll, you may find yourself playing it over and over and over. But, um, yeah, if you're not going for completion, you're not collecting everything, resources are limited. And so you're going to want to focus on the weapons that uh, are most useful for you. And that's what you're going to want to craft. You know, hey, I've got a choice between crafting some handgun ammo or crafting some shotgun ammo. You know, what am I going to use? Handgun because it's, you know, kind of my more basic weapon. And if I don't have anything, I'd rather have that. Or shotgun because it's just better resource management and I can take care of more enemies that way. You know, you got to think about it. And sometimes I re- felt I had I towards the end of the game, I had myself relying on nothing but sniper bullets, and and just hit having the enemies close up with sniper bullets because that's all I have left.
1: <laughs> that's rough.
0: Yeah, but it it's effective still. Well, you made still. it through.
1: You made it through, obviously. I made it through. Which, and, yeah. What was your opinion about the end of the game? You said something about how I haven't been there yet and I haven't seen it. So you said you really liked it. You, it's tear-jerking. Actually, you texted you texted me earlier, and you said, "Yeah, dude, I I almost cried."
0: Yeah. No. 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 I almost cried at the end. It, it is actually tear-jerking. So get ready for an emotional game ending of the game. I mean, this is a game that focuses on family, and and on um, you know Ethan's relationship with his daughter Rosemary, who he's trying to save, and Mia, mm-hmm. who well. <laughs> we'll let we'll leave that surprise for y'all, and there are plenty of surprises.
1: Yeah, she's actually a man. Just kidding. <laughs> her actually her name's actually Miller. Miller. All she right. Works, she works at the lo- local brewery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's <laughs> a bad joke. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Well. How many times do you think you'll play through this game?
0: How many times? I could see myself playing at least another uh, one or two playthroughs easily. If I didn't have other games that I was going to move on to, like if, if we didn't have the podcast, um, I could probably play through this game a few times. And, and, um, Get everything that this game has to give, because you know. whenever you replay the game, of course, you can purchase weapons that aren't available in the story, and you can get unlimited ammo. And so it it does make replaying the game and really getting, finding everything that this game has to offer, worth
1: it. Yeah, basic. It basically eliminates the challenge for you. Lets you go ape crap and 100% the game.
0: Because you've earned it. <laughs> they're cheats, but they're not cheats because you earned them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're cheats that are basically like... It's like getting the test answers after you take the test.
0: Yeah, exactly. You've earned it. You've you've played through the game. And it's not an easy game to get through, but you will get through it fairly quickly because it engages you and and it just begs you to play. And I could easily get through most of this game, you know, in a single sitting. There's... It just captivates you, and I want to keep playing. But then sometimes, you know, the tension is just too much. You know, I'm just like, no, like, I can't do anymore. (laughs) I got to
1: take a break. Yep, you got to take a break. That's how it was when I, the first time I played Outlast 2, I was playing with a buddy of mine, Jaden. Shout out to you, bud. I don't know where you're at, what you're doing. Much love. But um, the first time, when it came out, he and I were hanging out, and we played through it in one night we stayed up all night playing that game and i guarantee you i did not go to sleep for another day yeah damn that game is messed up dude it's dude that game is rough i don't know if you've played the outlast games but outlast 2 is probably the most horrifying experience you can have with a video game it's it's just well
0: maybe it's something we'll talk about hint hint
1: yeah we should (laughs) (laughs) we definitely should well, I mean, this was going to be like a first impression slash spoiler free type thing.
0: So there's not a, a lot more to say about it, yeah. Without really getting into spoilers, and boy, I would love to do a spoiler episode on this. Maybe a two parter with Resident Evil Seven and Eight. Well,
1: well, I do have one more like small question before I uh, like we may or may not wrap this up. I don't know. I just, um, what do you think? Got I don't know if they explain that, but how did Mia get to the house in the first place? Get to what house? With with Jack in Resident Evil 7. Oh, um,
0: I I believe it was her work. But a a lot of the game's backstory in both the games, and this game as well, are told through the lore that you find. So, you don't get as much of it unless you actually pay attention. collect things in the background. This game is the same way as, as Biohazard was in that respect. Yep.
1: Absolutely. In fact,
0: you get backstories on all of the major characters, the major villains that you're fighting up against. Um, there are actual whole uh, origins and, and and backstories behind them and motivations, which makes the game all the more compelling.
1: Dude, I'm excited, Ash. Um, I had credit, so I bought it. Uh, I got the bundle deluxe and gold edition of Resident Evil 7 and... Resident Evil 8 for oh, PC, because shit. I, had, I, had, I had the games for PS4, but since I don't play my PS4 anymore, I figured I'd upgrade. For PC
0: so, Master Race now?
1: Absolutely, bro. I don't know what took me so long, and <laughs> it's just, bro, it's been a breathtaking experience having this computer, man. Uh, one, doing the podcast is awesome. Working with Zelda Dungeon is just, dude, it's so much better than when I was doing it on my laptop. Um... And just games, man, y'all know me, I'm a COD freak, and Black Ops Cold War, I hated that game, I will publicly state this on the podcast, I hated that game, I despised it. Now it's in my top four CODs of all time.
0: Nice! So they, they really uh, redeemed themselves with that.
1: Yes, they did, bro. It's one of the,
0: well, except for the zombies,
1: it's one of the better Treyarch Call of Duties. The smoothness, the fluidity, the lobbies, it's just, it's a good game. It's fun. Okay. I highly recommend you hop in and grind with us a little bit, Ash.
0: Yeah, I I definitely will at some point. Um, I I was going to say, too, because, uh, you know, you were saying that uh, this game actually ran pretty well on your PC, right? Which one? Resident Evil Village.
1: Oh, dude, it's gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I ran into some difficulties. RE8 actually overheated my PS4 a couple of times. Uh, where, like, the game, and, and usually it'll warn you and be like, your your PS4 is overheating, like, turn it off, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you ignore the warning, like, later on, like, my PS4 would just, like, shut off completely. And mm-hmm. and I remember I texted you about that when it happened because I had almost beat the game and then it <laughs> happened. Uh, but it was okay because it actually did save my progress, so.
1: God, that's like, oh, my God, I was in high school playing Twilight Princess. And there was a thunderstorm happening outside, and I beat City in the Sky. But then when I was saving it, the power went out, and my whole file got deleted. Okay, now I understand why you hate City in the Sky. No, 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 no. That's not why I hate City in the Sky.
0: I feel like you've got some bias towards it.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, dude. I don't like City in the Sky because it's just... It feels too long with not enough detail packed in there. And honestly, I mean, okay... So the first part of the dungeon is really awesome, but then it just feels like one long linear path and I hate it. Okay. I don't I do not like linear dungeons at all. Unless they're expansive, like, within the dungeon. Like, I hated Breath of the Wild's dungeons, but it's still one of my favorite games of all time just because of the exploration and the locations. But dungeons have to be big. We're not even talking about Zelda. What the hell am I getting into? (laughs) But I'm going off on a tangent, dude.
0: (laughs) That's valid. But I guess we'll kind of get into our final thoughts here. Um, Start with you, Zach.
1: Oh, uh, right now, as it stands, I give this game a 9.7 out of 10. Atmosphere is ominous and gorgeous and just the music is intense graphics those don't really matter but they're still gorgeous story so far so far there's a little there's a few holes but i'm sure they'll be filled once i finish uh my next playthrough of biohazard and uh because i'm gonna start playing it on pc and once i finish village i'm sure all those questions will be answered but overall i'm loving it so far highly recommend you go get it um and just enjoy it, man. Like we said, we're not going to try to spoil anything for you. Just go enjoy the game. It's so good.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and yeah, I'm going to ditto that because I, I think the rating that you gave it is, is is pretty spot on because it is a nearly perfect game. Uh, for for what they set out to do, they 100% accomplished this. This game has my yeah. full recommendation. Obviously, if you're a Resident Evil fan, you have mm-hmm. to get it. Um, but if you're just a survival horror fan in general, I mean, this game easily, easily gets you know put somewhere at the top there. And just video games in general, if you want to get introduced to survival horror, um, this game and its predecessor are, are pretty good entryways into that. So, I this game is honestly a masterpiece, and I. Lo- would love to see where capcom goes with the series in the future i mean they- they've really revitalized uh, a franchise that at one point had gotten stale
1: absolutely and you know what it's it's it it, it it makes me hopeful for metroid you know if a studio can let a game or a story be dormant for a long time with no detail and then just boom pop out two masterpieces in the span of four years It makes my heart hopeful for the future of Nintendo.
0: Hell yeah. All right. Well, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, stay tuned for our upcoming review of Dead Space. That's going to be our next episode on the podcast. Super excited to talk about it. Uh, More survival horror. So, I mean, we're really just on a kick here with that. And I've been enjoying the hell out of the game. Uh, And you'll get to hear more about our thoughts on that. Uh, in, in the upcoming episode. And also check out our Patreon. We are coming out with Let's Play video game commentaries. If you're not listening to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round, that's our little off-the-cuff, uh, mostly unedited format that we kind of do on the in-between episodes. And we're having a lot of fun with that because it's very spontaneous. Whatever the hell we want to do.
1: Absolutely, dude. That's... that Absolutely.
0: And, and if you like this episode let us know leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts feedback on your platform of choice and uh, stay tuned for upcoming content season three is far from over guys we've got a lot more planned for you and we're really excited to get into it and very we're already thinking about season four so <laughs>
1: dude I cannot wait pretty sure I just split my mic there but it's fine <laughs> it's, Post, it's woo! <laughs> We'll fix it in post. But Yeah, let me turn that down a little bit. But, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in with us and hanging out with us. Uh, it's always fun to hang out with Ash and talk about games, especially games as good as these. And we, are, we seem to be hitting some bangers, so pretty soon you guys are going to have to deal with us, you know, talking about a crappy game because we haven't really talked about too many crappy games. At least I haven't talked about too many crappy games with you, Ash. We've
0: got one up. Coming up? <laughs>
1: oh, you're talking about Dead Space, right? I'm just no. kidding. Bad,
0: oh, bad joke. No, no, <laughs> so far it's a good game. I like it. Hey, Bo, you want to come tell our audience about what's upcoming with Collateral Cinema since you're here? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Upcoming, next on Collateral Cinema, we are going to do the Nicholas Winding Refn movie Drive. And also on Collateral Cinema Director's Cut, right now we have our Ninja Scroll commentary. Uh, Go check that out. We recommend watching the movie along with it for a full effect. And also, we'll start winding down the season here with, uh, I think, Star Trek Beyond. We're also going to do Hooper and The Interview. So that's pretty much what's coming up with the final little leg of Collateral Cinema's season. So, yeah.
1: Hey, you know What? What? Oh, uh, what was the movie he said right before Hooper? I do not know why it just... Oh, no, he said Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond. I want to be on that episode. I'm hey. going to tell you that right now. I love those movies. The reboots? Yes, they're so Chris good. Chris Pine is phenomenal. Yeah, he does Zachary a great Quinto. job. Oh, my God. They're just spectaculoso. Okay, I'm wow. done talking. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thanks for listening, folks, and uh, stay tuned for our upcoming content on both podcasts. Stay safe, love each other, be kind to each other, and, and smoke up and smoke it up. Enjoy some Resident Evil, folks, if you haven't already. I'm Ashley Chancellor, and I am Zachary Gio. We are Collateral Gaming. We are out. How do you like the car? Collateral Cinema. Collateral Cinema is better. Oh. Uh-